Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit SayMyThyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric, and in this episode, I am going to discuss histamine, and of course, I'll tie it into thyroid health. So this episode will cover some of the basics of histamine, and then in the near future, I have an interview scheduled with someone who is an expert in histamine, as well as mast cell activation syndrome, and so she'll go into much greater detail then. Anyway, if you have digestive issues that seem like a mystery, such as bloating and gas, or even other symptoms such as unexplained itching or migraines, then you'll definitely want to listen to this episode. And so let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Save My Thyroid podcast, hosted by Dr. Eric Osansky. To stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics, visit SaveMyThyroid.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now let's head to the show. Welcome back to the Save My Thyroid podcast. This is Dr. Eric Osansky, and in this episode, I am going to talk about histamine intolerance, and I'll briefly discuss mast cell activation syndrome. So let's go ahead and start off by discussing what is histamine. So histamine is a chemical messenger that mediates several cellular responses. It plays a role in the inflammatory process, as well as allergic reactions, plays a role in stomach acid secretion, also acts as a neurotransmitter, and histamine receptors are found in just about all of the tissues in the body. Histamine is stored in granules and what's called mast cells, once again, throughout the body. And histamine is released in response to tissue injury. So now I'd like to briefly discuss histamine metabolism. So histamine is synthesized from the amino acid histidine. And there's an enzyme called diamine oxidase or DAO. And this is the first line defense against histamine ingested through the diet or released within the gut. And vitamin B6 is a cofactor of DAO, along with vitamin C and copper. And so histamine intolerance is due to an imbalance between levels of released histamine and the ability of the body to metabolize it. And again, that enzyme DAO, it's primarily responsible for the metabolism of ingested histamine. And then there's also another enzyme called histamine N-methyltransferase, or HNMT, and this also breaks down histamine. And so HNMT specifically prevents prolonged binding of histamine to its receptors. And speaking of the receptors, let's talk a little bit about histamine receptors. So H1 and H2 are the main receptors. And when histamine binds to H1 or H2 or both of these, various effects are possible. And so H1 receptor binding can cause itching, pain, stomach cramps, as well as diarrhea. And H2 receptor binding stimulates gastric acid secretion. And when H1 and H2 receptors are bound, that, that can lead to hypotension, which is low blood pressure, tachycardia, which is an increased resting heart rate, swelling, as well as hives. As far as the symptoms of histamine intolerance, there could be numerous symptoms. Some, some people only have one or two symptoms. Some could have a dozen symptoms. But some of the more common symptoms include heart palpitations, tachycardia. It's important to 
interrupt before going over some of the other symptoms. A lot of people, of course, with hyperthyroidism have heart palpitations and tachycardia. So just because you're experiencing one of those symptoms or both of those symptoms doesn't mean that it's the hyperthyroidism. Now, if you have overt hyperthyroidism, it very well might be that. It could be combined with histamine, but quite frankly, a lot of my patients with hyperthyroidism, Graves' disease, don't have histamine intolerance. But point is, if you have a history of hyperthyroidism, let's say it seems to be under control with medication, or if you've gone into remission, but then you start experiencing tachycardia or heart palpitations, it could be a relapse of the hyperthyroidism, but also it could be due to histamine. As far as some of the other symptoms, headaches or migraines, itching, swelling, hives, sometimes gastrointestinal symptoms such as abdominal pain, gas, diarrhea, bloating, hypotension, sometimes even hypertension, which again, hypotension, low blood pressure, hypertension, high blood pressure, fatigue, anxiety. Again, anxiety is also a common symptom with hyperthyroidism, but can also be caused by histamine intolerance, uh, insomnia. Why do some people develop a histamine intolerance? Well, there are some genetics. For example, someone might have a SNP, what's called a single nucleotide polymorphism, which is a common genetic variation. They might have that genetic variation in the DAO gene. And again, I mentioned the DAO gene is important when it comes to histamine breakdown. So this genetic variation can lower DAO activity, which of course isn't a good thing, especially with someone who has a histamine intolerance problem. So while histamine intolerance can be caused by genetics, also you can have an impairment of DAO activity by gastrointestinal imbalances or that can cause the inhibition of DAO. So uh, gut dysbiosis such as SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth can commonly lead to histamine problems. Proper methylation is also important for breaking down histamine. So now I'd like to mention a few of the foods that are higher in histamine, including fermented foods such as sauerkraut, kimchi, alcohol, including wine and beer, vinegar, aged cheese and meats, nuts, dried fruits, avocados, mushrooms, smoked foods, as well as canned meats. And then wheat-based products could be a problem. And there's a nice list out there. I'm sure there are many lists that relate to high histamine, but there's a list by Allison Vickery. It's uh, called the Histamine Intolerance Food List that I have found to be helpful. And then there's also what's called histamine liberators. And with these, so these aren't necessarily high in histamine, but they can cause histamine to be released from the body. And this includes citrus fruits, chocolate, nuts, alcohol, green tea, black tea, and kombucha, aged meats, bananas, milk, pineapple, so you'll notice a few of these foods are both high in histamine, but also act as histamine liberators, while some of these are not high in histamine, but again, can liberate histamine. Hey, this is Dr. Eric, and if you're looking to do everything you can to save your thyroid gland, in addition to listening to this podcast, there are a few different ways we can help you. First of all, I've written a book on hyperthyroidism called Natural Treatment Solutions for Hyperthyroidism and Graves' Disease, as well as a book called Hashimoto's Triggers, which of course is on Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And you can find both of these on Amazon, as well as other websites where books are sold. Second, you could also join my Graves' Disease and Hashimoto's Healing Community by visiting autoimmunethyroidgroup.com. And finally, if you want to get personal help from me, you could visit the website workwithdrerick.com. 
Just to let you know, I only see a limited number of new patients each month, and I do require anyone interested to complete a brief online application before working with me. And now back to the show. I'd like to briefly discuss histamine-related testing as there's a few options. There's a lab called Precision Point Diagnostics, and they have what's called an advanced intestinal barrier assessment, and that looks at histamine, that looks at DAO, the DAO enzyme, and then also looks at a marker called zonulin, which relates to the intestinal barrier. The per- if, it, if zonulin is high, it could indicate that you have a leaky gut. But I will say it's not the most reliable marker. So if you have normal zonulin levels, it doesn't rule out a leaky gut. Then there's a lab called BioLab, which is in the United Kingdom. And they look at histamine. They look at DAO activity. And then local labs such as LabCorp and Quest, they look at plasma histamine. And Quest Diagnostics also, last I checked, they offered a urinary histamine test. I can't say I ordered these tests. Honestly, all these that I'm discussing here, I can't say I commonly order these, but, but they're options to consider. So now I'd like to talk about histamine and gut dysbiosis, because again, gut dysbiosis can be a factor when it comes to histamine intolerance. So dysbiosis can cause an increase in histamine producing bacteria or bacteria that inhibit that DAO enzyme. Of course, antibiotics can cause dysbiosis, but so can other medications, proton pump inhibitors, even medications such as methimazole PTU. So antithyroid medication also affects the, the gut microbiome as well. And then there's, I mentioned earlier, SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So that's, as the name implies, too much bacteria in the small intestine. So that could be a factor when it comes to histamine imbalances, histamine intolerance. And also it's worth mentioning that certain probiotics may worsen histamine production, including lactobacillus casei and lactobacillus ruteri. So how does histamine relate to thyroid health? So thyroid hormone may play a role in the regulation of histamine, especially in the brain. And histamine might be able to physiologically regulate TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone, as well as prolactin secretion through H2 receptors in the anterior pituitary. And histamine also has an effect on dendritic cells, immunoregulatory cells, T-cell polarization, and cytokine production. I mentioned this because this relates to the immune system and most cases of hyperthyroidism are Graves' disease. Most cases of hypothyroidism are Hashimoto's. And speaking of autoimmunity, histamine also apparently affects the Th1, Th2 cytokine balance, and that also plays a role in the autoimmune process. So next, I'd like to briefly talk about histamine and estrogen. So too much estrogen can downregulate DAO activity, which again, isn't a good thing because if you downregulate DAO, you're going to have decreased ability to break down histamine. So estrogen dominance can essentially lead to a histamine intolerance in some cases. And so estrogen also sensitizes the mast cells, which can cause more histamine to be released. And then progesterone is needed to upregulate DAO. And so low progesterone can also be problematic. And hormonal birth control, it's important to mention this also because this can also result in histamine intolerance. How about stress? Can stress play a role when it comes to histamine intolerance? Well, greater histamine results in greater amounts of cortisol to control the inflammation. And so stress can potentially increase mast cell activation and anxiety also can increase the release of histamine. 
So the answer is yes. Stress can, in some cases, play a role in the release of histamine, stress and anxiety. So how do you manage histamine intolerance? So one, of course, you want to remove the high histamine foods the best that you can, and also try to remove the high histamine liberators. And of course, you want to identify the cause of the problem. So if someone is having gut dysbiosis, let's say, again, they have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and they want to address this. And you might want to consider, in some cases, supplementing with something such as quercetin or diamine oxidase, which I'll, I'll discuss supplements shortly. And then keep in mind, there's also histamine-degrading bacteria in the form of probiotics. So there's Bifidobacterium infantis and longum. So you might want to consider taking those. And then also Lactobacillus plantarum also can degrade histamine. And then there's also foods that can help with high histamine. So I mentioned high histamine foods and histamine liberators, but then there are foods that could actually be beneficial for those who have a histamine intolerance. Now, of course, listen to your body. This doesn't mean that everybody will find these foods to be helpful. And in certain situations, they could cause problems. Like for example, broccoli is a food that potentially can help with high histamine. But if someone has SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, they might have issues with broccoli. Not everybody with SIBO has issues with broccoli, but that's a possibility. There's kale, garlic, onions, apples, asparagus, carrots, celery, olive oil, peppermints, lettuce, pomegranate, as well as basil. And then I mentioned some supplements. So again, quercetin, I like a lot. Some companies have a diamine oxidase supplement. So if you have problems with your diamine oxidase, like let's say genetic variation of your DAO enzyme, then taking a supplement could be beneficial. There's rudin, there's stinging nettle, which is also beneficial in some cases of high histamine. So I want to briefly mention mast cell activation syndrome. And so this is a condition involving the mast cells, of course, which is why it's called mast cell activation syndrome. So it's when the mast cells become overactivated. And so mast cells offer protection and also play a role in wounds healing. And so mast cell activation syndrome results in too much inflammation. And this can result in fatigue, body aches, as well as pain, trouble breathing, digestive issues, rashes, brain fog, and a whole host of other symptoms. So to summarize, histamine is a chemical messenger that plays a role in the inflammatory process and allergic reactions. And I mentioned DAO, which is primarily responsible for the metabolism of ingested histamine. And then I also mentioned another enzyme called HNMT, which also breaks down histamine. And common causes of a histamine intolerance include genetics, gut dysbiosis, problems with methylation, and even stress and anxiety. I also discussed a few different ways of testing histamine, and I mentioned how thyroid hormone may play a role in the regulation of histamine, and also histamine affects that Th1, Th2 balance, which could play a role in autoimmune conditions such as Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. And too much estrogen can also downregulate DAO activity. And I recommend, of course, trying to remove the high histamine foods and liberators the best that you can, while of course trying to identify the cause. And then just keep in mind that certain supplements can also be beneficial at times, such as quercetin, as well as a DAO supplement at times. All right, so that's all I want to discuss when it comes to histamine. I hope you found this information to be valuable and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review. Thank you so much for tuning in. During the episode, I mentioned how some of the symptoms related to having a histamine intolerance can mimic those of hyperthyroidism, including an increased resting heart rate and palpitations. In fact, I'm currently working with a patient who initially saw me for help with her hyperthyroid condition, but her more recent thyroid numbers are on the hypo side, yet she still feels like she's hyperthyroid. This isn't a unique situation, and there could be a few reasons for this, and I do have a separate episode on tachycardia that you might want to check out. And to be honest, I don't remember if I spoke about histamine in that episode, but if in addition to the tachycardia and palpitations, someone is also experiencing some of the other symptoms I mentioned during this episode, then a histamine intolerance very well might be the reason behind this. In the intro, I also mentioned that in the future, I plan on interviewing a health expert on mast cell activation syndrome. I actually have her scheduled for the interview next month, but I don't want to mention her name as every now and then a future podcast guest will cancel their scheduled interview. But hopefully this doesn't happen and you'll learn even more about histamine and mast cell activation syndrome. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver, and it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune-modulating and adaptogenic properties, and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.